1: Welcome back to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Guys, we are heating up into the off season as finally the Super Bowl is over, and we are all trying to figure out, little by little, <laughs> what's next. And let me tell you, its um, (laughs) I I don't even know where to begin. There's so many things that I believe are going to start transpiring with other teams. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. I think an underrated storyline is (laughs) Trevor Lawrence, with the addition of Calvin Ridley next year, is going to be very interesting to see what transpires. In that organization, I feel like that is an upcoming organization in Jacksonville, or a rise back to their former glory a couple of years ago when they had Blake Bortles, Jalen Ramsey, and that dominant defense that went to the AFC Championship. Now, obviously, everything right now in the AFC is very, how can you say it, cattywampus, nothing... (laughs) is perfectly shaped for one team to just have you know everything go their way and I'm gonna say what I said at the beginning of last season on who who was gonna win this Super Bowl and we'll talk about the Super Bowl and we're gonna talk about Isaiah Hodgins certain transactions that are transpiring um and we're gonna get into the draft talk a little bit today but nothing crazy um so first off, I said coaching was going to win this year's Super Bowl. Um, I still stand on that for next year. I feel like there isn't a team that has a ton of talent that is absolutely, you know, superstellar above every other team. Some people thought that was the Los Angeles Chargers last year that Herbert was going to take another step forward, and his coaching let him down. Some people thought that the Buffalo Bills were the Super Bowl favorites, and injuries plus coaching, I will say plus coaching, definitely let them down. Um. And then you go to the, <laughs> the NFC, right? Look at what Pete Carroll does with Geno Smith. Of all quarterbacks, the I don't even know another quarterback from West Virginia who has ever made this much noise in the NFL. Correct me if I'm wrong, tweet at me, whatever. I just can't think from the top of my head. And that goes to coaching that goes to show you that coaching definitely plays a huge part in how the game is played and the game is won. Um, I think we definitely put a lot of emphasis on players, 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 get as many players. Brandon Bean, sign this guy. Brandon Bean, do that. Brandon Bean, you know, drop $20 million. Brandon Bean, trade our first-round pick away. It's like, (laughs) when are we just going to (laughs) admit that the Bills coaching staff has to grow offensively? Um, You know, a lot of people say this. Oh, you know, Sean McDermott is a straight up just defensive head coach. No, if he's a head coach, he's not an idiot. He knows the offensive side of the football. I think we need to see a Sean McDermott that is a little bit more heavily involved in the offensive play calling rather than the defensive play calling. The reason I say that is because you're seeing this gap from his sensei. Yes, Andy Reid. He was underneath the Andy Reid tree. Once upon a time, like many other co- many other head coaches that we see today. So I know he has some of his DNA, some of his DNA, and he knows um, what's up with the offensive side of the football. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have gotten a head coaching gig. He has to know something, and I think it's important on the accountability side because it's easy to have. A lot of wins, and then losing the playoffs again next year, and then just fire your coordinator, trade away one of your best players, and yet the finger isn't pointed at you as a head coach. If if I am Terry Pagula, you know, I'm looking at this situation as, (laughs) let's just get back to the AFC Championship next year. And if we cannot and we're struggling to get out of the divisional again, we're going to have to reassess if Sean McDermott is, in fact, the future of this Buffalo Bills franchise on winning Super Bowls. Andy Reid showed everyone he doesn't care how big, bad your defensive players are. I'm going to figure out how to outsmart you and beat you with less talent on the offensive side of the football versus your defense. Philly's defense was absolutely stacked this year. That is why they made it that far obviously to a Super Bowl. They, they their defense was absolutely dominant the entire year. No one no one can, can could force anything upon them on in, in the NFC The only team that stood a chance and then, you know, crumbled early in the game because of injury was San Francisco. But finally, and this was a very interesting, so there were only two quarterbacks, two top quarterbacks in the NFL that Philly faced before going to the Super Bowl. Guess who those two quarterbacks were? Aaron Rodgers and Trevor Lawrence. Every other quarterback was subpar. They finally go up against the MVP and Patrick Mahomes and get sliced and diced and made... They, they He made them look like fools. So I think a lot of credit should definitely go to the Bills' defense last year. Excuse me, this past season I keep saying that, but you know what I mean. They're very well coached defensively. And if you compare and contrast what's missing, it's the play calling and it's it's the intelligence of a game plan from the offensive side of the football from Buffalo. That's plain and simple the truth on what we saw. So now, what do the Bills do? Because Patrick Mahomes is seated well above Every single quarterback in the NFL now. For most likely the next 10 to 15 years. Until Josh Allen or any other quarterback can win, any young quarterback can win, two MVPs in two Super Bowls. And two Super Bowl MVPs. (laughs) I don't think anyone's touching him. Patrick Mahomes has officially set himself apart. I don't care what anyone says. I am a believer that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Again, and he is definitely a step ahead of Josh Allen. The reason for that is because of his cohesiveness with his coaching. Eric Enemy, They're virtually unstoppable because of the way the game is played now. The RPO system is a cheat code <laughs> if you have the right players and 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 you're able to position them in the right plot in the right spots. There there are so many twists and turns to their offense that I don't think anyone else besides Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen could run that offense. I think what's missing right now in Buffalo in comparison is a unison from the offensive coordinator to the head coach, you know, and then obviously with, with the quarterback. It's, it's, there's, there's something missing. And right when Buffalo had something, right, with Brian Dable in his last year, they lost him. And it's almost like they were trying to retrace the steps where they left off. As an offense, and and it's not not to say that the Bills can improve. It's it's that they need to improve heavily um, in order to reach to in order to reach the pinnacle, the point of winning a championship. Number one an AFC championship. Um, Joe Burrow got over the hump. Patrick Mahomes has gotten over the hump, um, and they're showing this conference that. They trust their coaching staff, their game planning, and there is a enormous amount of confidence in which they play. Because of that, they believe their coach's game plan is better and superior than what the other side of the side, than what the other sideline is doing. You just see it in the way they play, the way they show up, um, and they show out. So now I'm looking at the acquisition of Isaiah Hodgins and with we you know with the New York Giants, and I'm saying to myself, I wonder if there was any chirp from the Buffalo Bills on trying to acquire him back. And what shocked me is that he had a veteran minimum deal offered from the Giants and he then signed. With the Giants. Now, I don't know if there are any contractual stipulations if he was a f- full blown free agent or not, but it shocked me, right? But if this was Isaiah Hodgins' choice, per report, it said no one else was giving him any offers. So Buffalo's off the table then. But if that's false, and, and if it was his choice to sign with the Giants, I'm pretty sure it's because of Brian Dable. Coach of the year. Turn him into (laughs) a star in the making coming off of the practice squad in Buffalo. Something's missing here, guys. And the Bills are slowly starting to figure out what they need to do, how they need to do it. And here's one clue on what the Bills could possibly be trying to do. Chad Hall leaves, and the Bills are hiring a veteran wide receiver coach in Adam Henry, Henry who was coaching at LSU in on five NFL teams, most recently was Indiana's uh, offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator wide receiver coach, also heavily connected Jarvis Landry and knock, 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 OBJ. So (laughs) what are the bills going to try to pull off here? Because the reality of the cap is they are completely gridlocked on big moves. They're going to have to rely on some incentives, bonuses. I don't know how it's going to work out. Um, but if you're going to ask me, Steve, do you think that they should go for OBJ? I'm going to honestly tell you no. I do not believe OBJ is worth $16 million to $20 million a year. Hell no. And the first person that needs to recognize that is OBJ. Because that is not fair to try and gouge a team... After tearing the same ACL again for that much money, it just makes absolutely no sense. Jarvis Landry is a different story. I think Jarvis Landry would be fantastic for Buffalo. I have said this before and I will say it again. I think he fits the mold of what this offense tries to accomplish. He would bring even more physicality to that room and they need it. And that veteran presence is... (laughs) Like I said it, I said it before. I'll I'll say it again. I really do believe that Gabe Davis needs another year to really learn from another from another wide receiver, another pro, to, to really see how to take it to that next level. I think it was a good ex- it was a good experience for him to get into that role this year at wide receiver two. It's just they ask him to do so much that he's virtually not even a wide receiver two. He's like a wide receiver two slash floater. They use him in the run game to block. They they use him as a decoy a lot. And, you know, it's the way the offense is built. And a guy like Jarvis Landry, I think, gives you the opportunity to really eat up the inside of the field. Now, speaking about the inside, I now want to pivot to the offensive line. Um, interior to be exact, I think, I mean, guys, since 2009, Buffalo has not drafted an offensive lineman in the first round of the draft. Eric Wood was their first round pick in 2009. He is still... (laughs) He's still around um, in media, you name it, and everyone has a ton of respect for him. I could imagine last season how valuable it would have been to have a guy like Eric Wood playing on this offensive line. It would have literally been insane to have an Eric Wood on this offensive line. It would have opened up everything. But isn't that crazy just to say that? So, so maybe it's not as far-fetched as we think to improve this team. And also, when you talk about when Brandon Bean talks about not making that splash, maybe he is pivoting to really focusing all of his attention on just drafting really freaking good this year because of what may transpire if the Bills do not make the Super Bowl next year. Because technically speaking, they were built last year those players, except Jordan Poyer, right, marquee players on this roster, are going to be here again. We'll see what happens to Jordan Poyer. Rumors are right now that he may get franchise tagged, which would be a slap in the face. I, I believe Brandon B might give him a two-year deal um, and just close it out at around you know 20 to 24 mil. That's just me. Um, if I'm Jordan Poyer, I don't think I get selfish here either. You're at the end of your prime. Um, you definitely want to close out with some good money, um, and you've earned it. But, you know, you, you have to be realistic as well. I mean, this is an organization that values your talent, values who you are, gave you an incentive towards the end of the season just to make you happy. Um, and, you know, it, it's important to him to have that, you know, economic, you know, bump. I I, I told, I'm totally for it. I'm... <laughs> I want him in Buffalo, but also, but if he's looking for a bigger number, I hope I literally hope and wish his him and his family the best wherever they go next, and he gets that stack of cash he's looking for. I just don't know if Buffalo going to have it, um, and with this draft coming up, I just, you know, I, I think that's where all of Brandon Bean's attention is at. Like a lot of the, a lot of what we're seeing are teams that are just they they know it's like teams know. That the way players are developing right now in the draft, it's on a different level than it was before because the NFL is changing. Mobile quarterbacks are t- basically taking over now um, after years of, of speaking about this. And yeah, so you need athletic, strong, and longevity factors, right, out of your offensive linemen. And... um. It was a tough year for all of these guys on the offensive line. But, you know, again, it's like, how do offensive linemen feel when they got a quarterback that is Josh Allen, where you just really don't know if he's going to want to stay in the pocket? You know, if I'm an offensive lineman, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Like, I think that, you know, (laughs) I would be scared every single time it's third down that you know Josh Allen's going to try to run out and hurdle defenders again because I barely you know didn't lock this guy up or pancake this guy and you know what what's what is Josh Allen seeing is it just complete collapse in the pocket and he wants to make a play or you know like the way Josh Allen plays impacts the offensive line impacts this offense heavily I think we all need to recognize that and, and Josh Allen has to recognize that, right? I, I think, yes, you saw what mobility did for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he literally won a Super Bowl <laughs> off of his limpy leg, and he ran. And Tom Brady wouldn't have given you that. Peyton Manning wouldn't have given you that. Drew Brees wouldn't have given you that. We are seeing an evolution of a quarterback take over the NFL. So you want that out of your quarterback, but you wonder, okay, how much do you want that out of your quarterback? Because it's affecting the team as a whole and possibly their success now. And Everyone's saying, okay, well, we need to run the football more. We need to do this. It all comes back to, can Brandon Bean finally figure this out? I don't care about who we sign out of free agency anymore. I I, I do not care if it's Mike Evans as a free agent, if it's Keenan Allen, if it's if it's Darren Waller, if it's the most expensive guard or center or right tackle in the NFL, I do not care. Does he fit the system? Can he help this team elevate its play? That's all I care about. So if you're asking Buff Hub where his attention is going into this year's draft. It's not wide receiver. It's not running back. It's not tight end. It's not the defensive line. It's not the cornerbacks. It's not the safeties, the middle linebackers, the outside linebackers, defensive tackle. Nothing but the offensive so that, There you have it, folks. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to Buff Up, a Buffalo Runners podcast. Again, I'm your host, Steve Megan. Um, guys, you can hear me every single weekend. So again, thank you again for listening, guys. Thank you again for supporting me. To all the veterans and first responders out there, thank you for what you do for our country and our communities. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend. Go girls.